that's our subject tonight, the reality of eternal life. We've been talking about this the last several times that we've met here on Wednesday. And I want to thank Pastor Angela for filling in for me last week. Amen. And so uh, we're back on this subject, eternal life, the reality of it. Begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We ask that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us during this Bible study. Pray that you will speak to us by way of your word. Pray that Jesus Christ would be revealed by way of the word. Father, above all, I pray that you will be glorified. By way of your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to begin tonight in John chapter 1 verse 4. John chapter 1 verse 4. The reality of eternal life. We've found out so many different things. Doing these studies on eternal life. And one of the main things that we have. uh, Really focused on is that. We possess eternal life and we have access to it right now on this earth in these physical bodies and that we can utilize eternal life right now. We found out that eternal life is a spiritual force given to us by our Heavenly Father. Paul says in uh, 1 Timothy, lay hold of it. Utilize it experience it and the benefit of it glorify God with it and so that's what God wants us to do he doesn't want us just to be born again but he wants us to exercise this divine power within and it's his life and we found out that that life is only found in his son and through his son Jesus said father that they would know you the only true God And Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, this is eternal life. And if you've been born again, you have been given that life or his life, the Zoe life of God. So John chapter 1, verse 4, in him was life. In Jesus, that's that's what that's talking about. In Jesus was Zoe life. And the life, that life, the life of Jesus, the the life of God, was the light of men. And I'm going to read this because this is what God had me to write down when he began to speak to me about this verse. In Jesus was Zoe's life, and his life was the light of men. His life illuminates to us our oneness with Almighty God. That's what, that's what the light does, the light of the God, the light of life does. It illuminates to us, it reveals to us our oneness with God. It reveals to us the unlimited potential within each believer. That's what 
the life, the life of God does for us, it reveals to us our oneness with God, our relationship with God that we have, that Jesus talked about in the 17th chapter of John. That they might know you, that we might have this intimacy with God. And that we would uh, release, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this unlimited potential. All that God is and wants to do through us, the Holy Spirit begins to give us light concerning that. Concerning our access to these things in this life. As I stated last week or the week before, the thing that hinders us in this life from releasing that life or experiencing that eternal life the way God wants us to is simply the flesh, the carnal nature, the carnal mind, and of course the enemy hinders us. If we were in heaven, we would not have any hindrances because there are no hindrances in heaven. There are no enemies in heaven for that. Those who have gone on before us, they are experiencing eternal life on that level. But we can experience that eternal life on that level also if we can believe and comprehend the reality of it and our divine access to it, and begin to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, overcome the dictates of the flesh, the world, and the devil. So when we do that, we rele- we're able to release and overcome death. Anytime the law of the Spirit of death manifests itself, we, because of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, are commissioned by God to overcome it. Does that make any sense? We are commissioned by God to overcome it because we have been set free from every element of death. Scripture says Jesus abolished death or he outlawed death where the believer is concerned. Not saying you're not going to physically die this physical body if Jesus tears it will die. We know that. But Jesus took the sting out of death for us. Amen. So it's just like when we die, when we die, it's just like a blink of an eye. We're there. Amen. There's no interruption for us. So the Spirit of God gives us light concerning these things. He, he is the light to man concerning the victory of the cross and the power of the resurrection that resurrection life that we have access to. He reveals these things to us when we understand these things. I think uh, the book of Philemon says we, we begin, when we begin to acknowledge these things, our, our faith becomes effective. Of all the good gifts that are already on the inside of us, our faith becomes effective when we begin to acknowledge this eternal life, when it's just not, you know, just some religious term to us. But it is the very life of God that we have access to. John chapter 16. Let's go there. John chapter 16. And this is Jesus talking. He says of the Holy Spirit. He shall glorify me. 
For he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. The Spirit of God glorifies Jesus, the Bible says. And he receives what belongs to Jesus. And he reveals it to you and I. Amen. He receives and perceives what is of Jesus. And he shows it to us. And he shows us the reality of this eternal life that I'm talking about. He, he, he lets us know that it's all right for us to live supernaturally on the earth. He lets us know that we are indeed children of the living God. And we have access to things that we didn't have access to before. He reveals to us the reality of the new creature. And he makes it, he brings light to it so that we are bold in this life through him. So he takes what belongs to Jesus. He shows it to us. He convinces us by way of the word of God that we are heirs of God. And join heirs with Jesus Christ. So everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. When we realize that, we begin to understand the access to eternal life. We begin to know that we were created by God or recreated by God, born again, to experience this type of life. To experience victory, a victorious life on this earth. Not saying we won't have trouble, not saying we won't have difficulties, not saying we won't have opposition, we will, but we will overcome. Born more than conquerors through him. So we have to have have that, that type of mindset when we are experiencing the pushback that we will certainly experience. When light comes, like I said last week, when light comes, the devil comes. When the word comes, he comes to steal the word. So we're never surprised when the enemy comes, when we begin to be enlightened along these lines. Thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. When light comes, when the eternal, uh, when revelation comes concerning who you are in Christ, the enemy will come to see if you really believe these things. But when you answer him with eternal life, with the power of God, he begins to back up. Because he is the spirit of death and he cannot stand in the presence of the life of God. So that's what the Spirit of God does. He reveals to us this victory. He reveals to us our position in Christ by way of this gift of eternal life. And we always stress that it is a gift. Cannot earn what I'm talking about tonight. It's, 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 It's the goodness of God that has chosen to give us this life access to him 
in an unprecedented way. We found out that no other beings have eternal life except the children of the living God. God and and his children. How special we are in his sight. Romans chapter 8, let's go there. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Again, sort of saying exactly what I just explained a minute ago. God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we truly have access to these things. That we truly have God's life as an inheritance. We are the children of God. He reminds us that we have been gifted with eternal life. Let's look at verse 14 of that same chapter. For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So the Spirit of God leads us into that revelation that we are no longer ordinary, but we are truly kings and priests under our God. We're spiritual royalty by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have access to the powers of the worlds to come in this life. Again, it's so easy, I think, for us to believe when we get over to the other side that we have access to it. It's Difficult unless our minds are renewed to believe in on this side that these things are made possible. But they are made possible because Jesus said they were. He said, and a lot of times we don't we don't we don't quote this enough in, in these days. He said that the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do because I'm enthroned now at the right hand of God. We talked about that last week. He's enthroned there representing us there. Guaranteeing, hallelujah, that we have access to these things on this side of life. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The reality of eternal life. That's what we're talking about. It's real. It's relevant. It's to be experienced. Verse 12 of chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. Now we have received. Somebody say we received. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given unto us of God. 
you ain't never read that before, you need to underline that in your Bible. Because the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God wants to reveal to us those things that are freely given to us by God. When we're talking about eternal life, we're talking about access to the almighty God of the universe. We're talking about the God that Moses talked about, the God who's from everlasting to everlasting. This is who we have access to, the things that he has freely given to us. The position that he has placed us in, in Christ, through faith in his son. It is to be enjoyed now. It is to be pursued now. It is to be talked about amongst ourselves now. Whenever death shows up, we are not to be intimidated by it, but it needs to be intimidated by us. Because of the life of God dwelling on the inside of our reborn spirits. When we quote that scripture, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It must be real to us. Not just words that we're speaking. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they produce life. Death has to bow the knee. We're commissioned by God to do this. To live this way. John chapter 1. St. John chapter 1. This is review from a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to go back here. And of his fullness, God's fullness, don't be intimidated by that. God is saying that this is your portion. Of his fullness, have all we received. Let's let that, let's, let's. Let that fall into our spirit, into our soul. Of his fullness, the fullness of God, we have all received for grace, for grace. It's all by grace. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve him. But he has given to me his fullness. John 17 Verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man had seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he had declared him. We, through the gift of eternal life, 
and the grace of God, and because we share in the inheritance of God through Christ, we have access right now, as you sit there, as I stand here, we have access to the very bosom of God. And intimacy birthed by the Holy Spirit, maintained by the Holy Spirit, given to us because the blood of God has been shed. God embraces us. Hallelujah. Why? Because he chooses to. He chooses to. God says, I'll have mercy on who I'll have mercy on. Can't tell me how to be God. I'll do what I choose to do. And I, I, I receive my children, the blood-bought church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I receive them into my bosom. Hallelujah. And no devil in hell can talk me out of it. The price has been paid. I said the price has been paid. So we have access through this eternal life to the bosom of God. Don't have to ask nobody's permission. God says it's all right. Psalms 82. Let's go there. The reality of eternal life. That's what we're talking about. This is real. God standeth, the Almighty God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods, little g. Almighty God. He stands, the Bible says, in the congregation of the mighty. He stands in the congregation of those that he has made mighty. Hallelujah. That's you and I. He stands there among them, the Bible says. Let's look at verse 5. Let's jump down to verse 5 for lack of time. Then he speaks of those who are the mighty. He speaks of those who have been redeemed. He speaks of them right here. They know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. Even though light has been given to, I would say, about 75% of the church, most believers walk in darkness concerning the thing that we're talking about tonight. The Holy Spirit begins to give light or shed light concerning these type of revelations. And then when that light comes, they shun the light because they still view themselves from a perspective that is not God's. 
They still see themselves as old sinners saved by grace. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. How many of y'all know you can't go to heaven if you're a sinner? You're either saved or you're not. You are either a saint or you're a sinner. One of the two. You can't be both. They walk in darkness. They, 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 they don't understand what the blood has done for them. They don't understand that they have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And they have access to, hallelujah, eternal life in this life. Access to the very throne room of God. And so they experience little of the blessing of God in this life. In terms of covenant blessing. They walk in darkness, and because of that, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. (laughs) They have no revelation that they've been placed here after they've been born again to set things straight, to set things in order. That this eternal life that God has given them is to, to, is to extinguish death wherever death raises its ugly, cursed head. Verse 6. I have said, you are gods. God says, this is what I said. And all of you are children of the Most High. <laughs> Let that sink in. Jesus said about John the Baptist that he was the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. But he said, he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Elevates the church. He elevates those who have been born again to a position of sonship and inheritance and access to the living God through faith in his blood. That causes God himself to call us children of God. Bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. Hallelujah. We are his because he claims us. He says, I have said you are God's and all of you are children of the most high. Now God is disappointed Because they don't know how to use the power and authority given to them. That's why he said they walk in darkness. And he's disappointed because they are not experiencing that which has been made available by way of the new birth. They deem themselves ordinary. When God says you are no longer ordinary after you are born born again by the blood of Christ. 
This eternal life, this life, this Zoe life of God elevates us to that position that we might glorify God in the earth as the church. Now, God wants to show us how this is done. He wants to show us how this eternal life is to be released. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 55. It's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. For has the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and return not thither, but it watereth the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it, my word, shall accomplish that which I please, and it, my word, shall prosper in the theme whereunto I sent it. God says, I want to teach my children how to release the Zoe life of God. God says, when I speak my word, when I release my word, my word because I am God. My word because my word is anointed. Because my word rules over all. When I speak my word, it does not return to me void, but it accomplishes things. When I speak my word, things change. When I speak life, death runs out the other door. Has no choice. He says, that's why, that's how, that is how I release my power. Psalms 8, let's go there. So God releases his power by speaking spirit words. We said last week that eternal beings should only speak eternal words. Eternal beings should only speak eternal words, God's word. That's how the power of eternal life is released. God gave us that example. Now he says here in Psalms, David says here in Psalms, and we, we talked about this the last time we met. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visited him? For thou hast made him, man, a little lower than the angels. Now we determined that that word angels is translated Elohim. 
which means God. And we verified that through, through study because we found out that angels are not in the same class that we are in. Angels don't have eternal life. Angels were not created a little, a little lower than God. Man was created a little lower than God. So that has to be talking about God there. We were created a little lower than God. And has crowned him, man, with glory and honor. So we've been crowned by God. Amen? Thou madest him to have dominion, man, to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and has put all things under his feet. So that is what God, that's where God has positioned us. That's what he wants us to understand. That through this eternal life, we are to rule and to reign and to govern and to exercise divine authority through this eternal life or through the power of God. Now, John chapter 10 Verse 34 says, Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law, I said that you are God. So he, he's quoting what we just read a, a while ago. Psalms 82. Then he says here in verse 35, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. Hallelujah. So, Jesus is letting us know it's God's plan that his life be released, his Zoe life be released through his children in the earth. That's the plan of God. That his life be released through his children in the earth. As his children begin to understand the power of the Spirit of God and the Word of God coming forth out of our mouth. When we, when we get a revelation of the power of the Word of God coming out of our, our mouth in faith, that's when death in any element that it tries to show up, it will have to always bow the knee. Now, Jesus, he mastered that. He mastered it. He, he, he functioned in it 100% of the time, seven days a week. That's why he was able to have the success that he had, because he understood the will of God for mankind. And he understood that he had access to this life we're talking about, to this, this, to this Zoe life of God that we're talking about tonight. And he took full advantage of it. Now, we don't have to go there, but in Genesis chapter 1, God's original plan for man was made known. He says, I've, come, I've, I've made you in my image after my likeness. And I want you, man, to have dominion over the whole world, over the whole earth, everything in it. 
and that you were, he, he told mankind that he wanted them to not only dominate the earth, but to subdue the earth. Now, this is amazing. At that time, there was nothing out of order. Everything was in order. Because God said, after he created everything, everything that he saw was good, right? But God had the foresight and the understanding to know that it would not always be that way. That Adam would sin and the curse would come into the world. That's why he put that caveat in there, subdue it. (laughs) Subdue the earth. Forcefully cause it to be placed back in order. By my spirit, by my power. And everything that I'm talking about in terms of this power is delegated authority. It's given to us. It's It's not our power. It's God's power. God is the source. But... He wills that the church operate in this level of authority in this earth through this eternal life that we're talking about. He wills that. So in his original plan, mankind was called and commissioned to subdue the earth. Whenever he saw anything that was out of order, God commanded man, put it back in order. Commanded to be placed back in my divine perfection. Amen. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. Talking about Jesus. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Picture that in your mind. The ship is covered, the Bible says, with waves. Covered. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. He said unto them, why are you so fearful, (laughs) O you of little faith? Then he arose, he rebuked the winds, and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So let's go through that. The earth is functioning in a violent way. Waves are covering the ship, the Bible says. And the disciples are afraid because they think they're about to die. They wake Jesus up, say, we're about to die. 
Jesus said unto them, why are you afraid? <laughs> he says, well, in the natural, you should be afraid. But Jesus, who controls and has dominion over all of the world, all, all, all of the earth, he asked them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he does something. He rebukes the wind. He, 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 he uses this life, this, this divine life that dwells on the inside of him and rebukes the death that is trying to overtake those disciples. He speaks to the wind and the sea and the Bible says there was a great calm because he acted on Genesis 1 and 26. He acted on it. The disciples' question then is, what kind of man is this? That even the wind and the sea, they obey him. Well, he was a Genesis 1 and 26 man. He, he, he believed what the word said. He believed that Father God meant what he said and said what he meant in Genesis 1 and 26. That he had authority through this Zoe life over everything that God placed him over. He believed that what David said in Psalms 8 was true. That God had given to man dominion over the works of God's hands. The, the sea, the earth, all of, all of those are works of God's hands. And he understood, Jesus understood, that he was commissioned by God through the eternal life in him to overcome every element of death when it manifested itself. Every element of the curse when it manifested itself. He was commissioned by God and given authority by God to rebuke it and subdue it. Because God backed him up. He understood the will of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 as I close. Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. <laughs> And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. 
But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of a good cheer, it is I, don't be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come on the water. He said, if it's you, let me walk on the water too. Jesus does not say, are you crazy? The only people who can walk on the water is me. I'm the son of God. The only one who uh, has this type of access to this supernatural power is me. That's not what he said. He says, come. (laughs) Come on. He does not rebuke him for asking. He simply says, come. Experience what I experience. Know what I know. Experience this dominion authority that I know and experience on a daily basis. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water (laughs) to go to Jesus. This man was actually... Walking on the water. And he had God's permission to do it. Now the Bible says, and as I close, the Bible says that the only thing that interrupted him from walking on the water was he took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes off the promise. He took his eyes on the one off the one who had given him permission to do so, and he began to look at the things that were around him, the things that were contrary. And then the Bible said he began to sink. But until then, he was experiencing something that no other one had experienced except Jesus Christ. And he had God's permission. I'm here to tell you tonight. That we have access to things that we have not experienced. And it's not God's fault, it's our fault. We are those who have not experienced these things because we are still walking in darkness to a degree. But I believe that before Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to see things we've never seen before. We're going to do things we've never done before at God's permission. Hallelujah. And the world's going to understand that Jesus Christ is Lord because they're going to see his church functioning in the power of God in our generation. This eternal life that we're talking about tonight, it's going to be unleashed on this world. And they're going to have no choice but to say Jesus Christ is Lord. That's when we're going to see revival. That's when the church is going to be filled with sinners weeping at the altars because they're going to know that he is real. The one that we worship is real and he loves them. Bow your heads tonight. Father God, we thank you for this eternal life. God, we thank you for all that you have placed in our hands. We thank you, Father God, that most of all that we have access to your bosom.
We have access to your love. We have access to your very being. And that your Zoe life permeates every fiber of our being tonight. Help us to realize it. Help us to recognize it. Help us to glorify you in it and through it. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.